Before I begin my message this morning, there's something I wanted to uh, share with you to inform you about, and I've been uh, uh, sharing this at all three worship services this morning, but it most directly impacts those of you who worship here at our 11 o'clock worship service. Uh, We've been in discussion about how do we grow all of our worship services, and in particular, how do we grow this 11 o'clock service? And one of the things that we uh, would like to do is begin an experiment, if you will, uh, at the 11 o'clock service starting September 30th, the beginning of our next sermon series, the Church Alive series, as we're calling it. The experiment that we would like to try is to uh, make this 11 o'clock service a more modern style of worship. Uh, Some of you who have been around here for some time may recall that a number of years ago, the 11 o'clock service was a contemporary style worship, as we called it at that time. When we added our Mountain View campus, we moved the most contemporary style over to that campus. And then a few years ago, this service became a blended style, utilizing both the organ and the modern instrumentation. We would like to do an experiment and get your feedback along the way on this. Starting September 30th for eight Sundays, we want to try a more modern style of worship at 11 o'clock. And we honestly seek your feedback on that. And we would hope that it would grow and and attract uh, all ages, but especially uh, young families to bring their children to the service as well. So that's going to begin on September 30th. Now, I should say that on high festival days and special celebrations like Reformation Sunday and Easter Sunday, uh, all three of the services would be a traditional style service, uh, very festive and so on. But the rest of the Sundays, for eight weeks anyway, uh, will be a more modern style uh, without the organ, just a, a more contemporary style instrumentation, if you will. Uh, So I wanted to give you a heads up about that. And again, we want your feedback and your input. The Board of Elders is is, uh, supportive of this and is encouraging it as well. But we would like your feedback since this primarily impacts all of you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are able to give us a fresh start in life. And today, help us to understand how we can receive a fresh start when God empowers. We ask it in your name. Amen. Well, we're all aware of what's going on on the East Coast, aren't we, this particular weekend, and our our thoughts and prayers go up to the Lord on behalf of uh, the people, especially in North and South Carolina. I understand that there are literally hundreds of thousands of people who have lost power Just imagine being without power for any period of time. Let me ask you, have you ever been powerless? And now I'm not talking about electricity. Perhaps there was a time in your life when you felt powerless, unable to bring about a change that was needed in your life. If you think about it, actually, we have all been rendered powerless due to this thing that the Bible calls sin. It renders every one of us powerless. Jesus said it pretty straightforwardly in John chapter 8 when he said, whoever sins is a slave to sin. Well, that includes me. 
In fact, we all come into this world with a sinful nature and we come enslaved to sin. And you know, sin has a, has a strange way of binding us up, of enslaving us, if you will, so that all that we can do is sin. From our human nature, that's all we really can do. And we, we can't set ourselves free from that bondage. I'm struck by that Old Testament story about Samson. We only heard the last part of his life story in that reading a moment ago. But a little bit of background about him. You know, Samson in the Old Testament was a judge selected by God to serve among God's people. And he lived and worked during a very dark time in the history of Israel. Samson served God, to be sure, but uh, Samson ended up going astray for a time in his life. You may recall that Samson was known for his great strength. And the secret to his strength was in his long hair. Well, to a certain extent, really, the secret to his strength was God himself. And the hair was an indicator of Samson's trust in God. Well, at one point in his life, Samson, if you will, lost his faith in God, maybe better stated, he placed his trust more in a human being than in God. He trusted this woman, Delilah, who ended up turning on him. And while he was asleep, you know the story, Samson, excuse me, Delilah cut Samson's hair. And the Bible tells us that his strength left him, and the Bible says the Lord left him. His strength left him and the Lord left him because he abandoned his faith and trust in God and put his trust in people alone. Samson's sin left him powerless and later bound up as a slave. Now, thankfully, at the end of the story, as we heard it a moment ago, in his last moment, he cried out to God in prayer and in faith. And God filled him once again and gave him the strength to literally bring the house down. But you know, when we think about Samson being powerless and enslaved, it kind of describes us, each one of us as human beings. Sinful, enslaved, powerless to free ourselves from that condition. In other words, we need a fresh start, and that fresh start comes only from the God of grace. Let me ask you, where do you need a fresh start from God in your life? Maybe it's in a certain relationship that has gone sour. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your, your family life and relationships in your extended family that aren't so good. Maybe it's a friendship that has turned in a direction that you hoped it wouldn't. Well, friends, we can experience a fresh start when God empowers. And he is the one who has the power to bring a fresh start. 
Again, Jesus said in John chapter 8, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And of course, he was referring to himself. Jesus, the son of God, is able to set us free from the bondage of sin. Why? Because he allowed himself to be bound to the cross that we all deserved. He allowed himself to be punished, enslaved, if you will, in our place. St. Paul describes it so beautifully in his letter to the Roman Christians in chapter 5 when he said, you see, at just the right time, When we were still powerless, catch that, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him. You see, at the cross of Jesus, we see the power of God's forgiving love in Christ. And that's what sets us free. That's what gives us a fresh start when God empowers us by his grace. And through faith in Jesus, we experience that power. It sets us free from whatever bondage is holding us down. It empowers us to be able to live for God's glory and not for our own self-centered purposes. The power of God's mercy and grace are what give us a fresh start. In today's gospel reading, we heard about someone who got a fresh start directly from Jesus himself. As you recall, when Jesus was crucified, he wasn't alone on top of Calvary's hill. There were two criminals also crucified, executed next to him, one on his right, one on his left. Let me read a portion of that text again from Luke 23. It says, one of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve, but this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Wow. Two criminals, both of them bound to a cross, and one was set free. Oh, sure, he still hung on that cross and died, but he was truly set free by Jesus, who said to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. In what ways are you bound up? In what ways are you enslaved? Do you feel the need to be set free? Are you in need of a fresh start? 
Friends, my exhortation to you, to all of us, is to trust in Jesus as your Savior. He gave his life not only for the whole world, he gave his life specifically for you. He had your name in mind as he stretched out his arms and died. By the power of the cross, he can set you free. And yes, there is a fresh start when God empowers. For in Christ, he transforms us from slaves into nothing less than sons and daughters of the King of Kings. That means we're royalty, sons and daughters of God. This is what Paul is writing about in his letter to the Galatians when he said, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So, catch this, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. An heir. Because you're a child of God, you inherit everything God owns. Heaven and all the riches of his glory. Well, how wonderful it is to be set free and to have a fresh start when God empowers. But now that doesn't mean that Christians will never have troubles or hardships or that we'll never feel powerless in this life. Indeed, we will. Take St. Paul as an example. Even after Paul became a Christian, he still experienced tremendous suffering and hardship and difficulty, powerlessness. He writes about one particular trouble he had in his second letter to the Corinthians. Listen to what he says. He said, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, we don't know what Paul's hardship was. Some speculate it might have been the vision problem some other disability. We don't know what his hardship was. But what an example of trusting God no matter what came his way. You know, times of hardship, those times when we realize that we are powerless in and of ourselves, those times are opportunities for us to depend on the divine power of God and not on ourselves. Samson should have learned and kept that lesson in mind. To not trust in oneself, but to trust in the divine power of God. Paul writes to the Ephesians, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His 
mighty power. One final thought before we finish this message today. Friends, there are lots of people out there in the world right around us who are also feeling weak and broken and powerless. They might be working right alongside you at your job. They might be students alongside you in your classrooms and not really showing what's going on on the inside of their lives. They might be neighbors in your community. They might be relatives in your family. But there are people all around us who are broken, people around us feeling powerless and are hurting. And you and I are God's instruments for him to show his divine power to someone else who is powerless and who needs a fresh start. There are people all around the world who need to experience God's power. I want you to watch this little video about an organization called Charity Water that is making a difference of bringing God's power and grace to bear in lives of people in third world countries who are without clean water. Please watch. It all started with a birthday party. It started three years ago in September. It was a simple idea then, and it's a simple idea now. You see, there were a billion people living in our world that didn't have something they needed, something I'd always taken for granted, something I'd never gone without, clean drinking water. So we started an organization to help them. It was called Charity Water. Now these billion people, they got their water from awful places and it made them sick. From ponds, from muddy rivers and dry riverbeds, sometimes from puddles in the ground. Millions of kids and their moms walked hours and hours each day to get at this dirty water. But there was good news, you see. There were ways to help them. There were solutions that could help those billion people get clean water. Solutions like digging and drilling wells, protecting mountain springs, and catching the rainwater. So full of faith, we just started. We didn't have any money. We didn't even have an office. We just started with a birthday party. I was turning 31, so I asked my friends to come to a party and give $20 instead of gifts for my birthday. 700 people came. We took all the money raised that night to a refugee camp in Uganda and funded six wells there. My birthday party in New York changed lives in Uganda. We kept going. We built an outdoor exhibition and put dirty water in tanks, showing people what it would look like if they had to drink from our rivers and our ponds. We built a website and we sold things like $20 e-cards and $20 bottles of water. We created ad campaigns and got free space to show them. We made commercials that ran on TV and across the web. We took photos of the people we served in Africa and shared their stories in galleries and theaters across the country. Kids raised money, churches raised money, schools raised money. Retailers gave up windows to spread awareness and sold clothes to raise money. We got help online from our friends at Facebook, YouTube, Google, and Twitter. Even newspapers, magazines, and television networks told our stories. We've now raised more than $10 million, which means 721,000 people in 15 countries will get clean and safe water to drink. We have helped almost a million people. Almost. So this September, we want your help getting 
I invite you to fight alongside us, help us help a million people, and then keep going. We will not stop until every single person on the planet has clean and safe water to drink. Here's how you can help. So when you came into worship today, you were given a $1 bill. Here's my challenge and invitation to you. I want to challenge you to seize the opportunity to take your $1 bill, add to it whatever you want, and pay it forward to someone in the name of Jesus that will make a difference in their life. One opportunity would be to add it to the dollars that are being given to Charity Water. The ushers are going to be holding a little glass container in the back as you leave. If you want to drop that dollar in and add to it, it's going to go directly to provide fresh water to people in, in underdeveloped countries. Or you may have another charity of your own choice that you want to bless through your dollar and whatever you add to it today. Maybe you want to send it to uh, Lutheran World Relief or LCMS World Relief to help the people in North and South Carolina in the weeks ahead. You choose what you're going to do with your dollar. Another possibility might be that when you go to lunch today and you're at a restaurant at the end of your meal and you want to leave a tip for the server, leave that dollar and a few extra. Don't just leave a dollar. That's not a very good tip. But take along with you one of these business cards from Shepherd of the Desert. They're available in the narthex on the counter. And leave that with your tip with a little note that says, May God bless your day today in Jesus' name. What are you going to do with your dollar that's going to make a difference? Whatever it is, do it in the name of Jesus. You see, God offers a fresh start when he empowers. And you and I can be God's means to make a difference in people's life. We can be the, his means for bringing a fresh start to others in need. And so this is my challenge. Whatever you do with your dollar, use it to make a difference in someone's life in the name of Jesus. Help someone to see that there is indeed a fresh start when God empowers. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.